and through decisions around where the workforce sat, where a centre of excellence could be built in the first year for a, a, a small investment compared to their return on investment, they saved 35 to 40 million US dollars by putting data at the front end. Welcome to yet another episode of Full Stack HR. And today I'm joined by Stephen Will from Horsefly. And Horsefly is an analytics tool that helps you leverage data in a mind boggling way. I know this is sort of talking radio, but still you should check out Horsefly after this. But first, listen to the episode with Steve and Will from Horsefly. Will and Steve, can you introduce yourselves and what is Horsefly? I'm Will Crandall, CEO of Horsefly. I've basically been solving HR problems with data for as long as I can remember. I'm Steve, hired by Will 12 years ago. I don't know whether he's happy or sad about that, but we've been working on this project for an extended period of time, helping people solve problems using HR tech. And what is Horsefly? Horsefly is a great way of being able to look at the external market, understand how to make key decisions around business planning, workforce planning, EDI, even talent acquisition. It's a whole suite of reporting on the external candidate market, your competitors, the language being used, where people are studying, huge amount of information. And how did you come up with this? It sounds fantastic, but where did you get the inspiration from creating such a service? It's it's really interesting. I, I went to, uh, so the idea of the sort of tech behind it, I went to a magic show. And as you walked in, there was a big jar of coins in the lobby. And they got everyone to guess how much is in there. And everyone was guessing. And when the fella got up on stage to say, he said, look, no one got near the actual amount. But when they aggregated all the amounts together, it come as the closest guess from anyone. And that whole aggregation of data really started to interest me. So we started looking at the labor market to see, okay, how can we give insights like this that are really accurate to our customers? Basically a magic show. That's the magic foundation show. for Horsefly. Yeah, and it wasn't a good magic show apart from that. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was worth it going. And this was 12 years ago, you said? Yeah, so we've been going 2011. It's the first time I've heard the magic show story, which is pretty amazing. I absolutely um, You just don't listen. That's yeah, awesome. that's also true. <laughs> listen to the important bits. Go and do this and go and do that. But the magic shows, that's ace. I'm going to use that. Uh, from now on but yeah about 12 years I had a full head of hair and not as many wrinkles on my face when we started yeah I, I can relate to both the hair and the wrinkles but and what sort of what problems are you solving then for customers current like how has the product evolved did you start off uh, immediately with this problem that you're, or the problem statement that you're solving right now or has it evolved through the times or can you give us insights to the journey you had yeah. starting this and to where you're at right now it's we started off in recruitment marketing so we started off playing with the ta market and helping them get a small volume of relevant applications so pre-gdpr we had this really intelligent set of data that will and the technical guys have built and we were able to email market to relevant candidates whether they were looking for a role or not the transition into analytics came when the uk home office at one of the central government departments in the uk said we think we can run good searches, but we really want to see the output of the data. And that was like a bit of a light bulb moment for us that maybe recruitment marketing wasn't our future and analytic was. We pivoted about seven years ago, seven and a half years ago into just pure play analytics and the provision of data. And to your point, our clients are everything to us and they guide the, the innovation in the way that they would find helpful. So it's very much a partnership when you work with us. If you ask us a question, we'll try and build it. What's your typical customer? 
definitely 5,000 plus employee businesses with a global focus. So that's 90% of our, our customer base. But yeah, we work with a lot of mid-sized companies and RPOs, private public sector. I think we've got quite a diverse customer base. We have. And it, it's key to sort of, we can work with anyone so long as they've got relevant pain points and problems that we can help solve. Otherwise, if people haven't got too many problems, they probably don't need data. So that's my job to find those people that we can help. What's the typical problem they present to you? What's the typical problem you are trying to help them with? There's a range. I think the best case study we've got so far comes out of Denmark. So that was with Orsted, big green energy business, wind. They were looking to scale out of Denmark into new regions, into Poland, the US, and then other territories. So by using Horsefly, we were able to show them where a center of excellence should actually sit. Is it Denmark or is it over in the Far East? And through decisions around where the workforce sat, where a center of excellence could be built in the first year for a, a, a small investment compared to their return on investment, they saved 35 to 40 million US dollars by putting data at the front end. So they only told me that when they renewed for the second year. Otherwise, the price might have gone up. So that, that's a Nirvana. They're the big ticket things we can do, but we can help you if you go to market strategy. We can help you avoid cost of agency. It's all, there's so many different challenges and each client's brand new. That's why I know I joked about looking a bit older than I did when I started, but that's why every day is exciting in this role because you're speaking to people and helping them. Yeah, I think we're we're growing fast, fastest in workforce planning. So internal mobility, succession planning, understanding your internal workforce, how you're going to future-proof talent within your organization, and the business planning type stuff that Steve just mentioned. The E&I strategies is a big part of what we do. So we've got some of the world's biggest banks and financial services companies who want to improve the diversity of the workforce. And by looking at the insights within Horsefly, you can optimize where you advertise, where you look for talent, where you base offices. And it's had a, an amazing effect in the first year about deploying the DE&I strategies across organizations. You mentioned now data as well. You pull in data and you extrapolate that data out to customers. But where do you find the data? Like it, it sounds like you find it in magic places, almost like going back to the magic. But where do you extrapolate data from? Yeah, it's funny. It's from, so we get the data from across the social web for the profiles, for example. We have... We get salary data from different sources. We get job adverts from globally across the world, which is really important. And that's the fastest moving type of data we get. We're constantly refreshing now on a 24-7 basis. And yeah, we have government demographics, depending on when a government decides to release them. The US are always releasing new government demographics, where the UK is a lot slower. But yeah, we mold all that data together and... That's where we get supply, demand, average salary, top companies, DEI metrics, all the different bits that we provide. And then you mentioned there that you can look at salaries, for example, in certain regions or certain countries. Yeah. That was one thing because Steve, you and I, we met at Unleashed in Paris and you demoed yeah. the tool. And that was one thing that sort of blew me away that you could instantly see in a region or in a sort of quite tight space. Hey, this is the salary for such and such roles. Yeah. Going once again to the back to the magic show, that felt at least like magic <laughs> to me. Yeah. So I can understand that people can relate back to, okay, when they use the tool, that they have that sense of the tool, but also really see the value of it, as you mentioned, like saving tons of money in using Horsefly. But if, we, if I'm a smaller company, then can I use it in any other way than what you mentioned? You mentioned this 5,000 plus companies. Are there any use cases you can share with smaller companies that have used the product? 
Absolutely. We've we've built up a nice base of SME and mid-level size businesses as well. Their challenges where the, the, the hub is the hub and they've pivoted into remote working maybe and showing the possible uh, possibility of someone coming in once or twice a month to the office. They're moving into territories that never recruited in before. So having this forward-facing set of data can help them avoid maybe just making that horrible leap to an agency straight away and paying a big fee or jumping straight to an agency and paying a big fee if that fee is expunged by the value that person would add and they've not hired that person for six, nine months and there's a big profit drain in the organization. So we could show them where they could save money, where they could uh, expedite the process by having the data to drive that decision before a role even goes to market. So down on that granular level, you would only need to avoid, if you just were operating in one country and had access to Horsefly, normally the avoidance of two agency hires covers the license for a whole 12 months. So yeah. all the other decisions you make about your go-to-market, the use of the language, understanding the competition career path becomes profit. The viability of the product, again, depends on the seriousness of the pain that that customer is experiencing and can we help them? Yeah, absolutely. And I think with the small organizations, they have very similar problems to the bigger organizations just either a little bit more localized or less frequent everyone shares the same sort of issues and yeah but we're seeing this as steve mentioned we're seeing this migration from the big well-known town and cities like london if you look at the sort of demand for people in london compared to other places in the uk for example it's like going down it's really reducing because people are seeing the cost savings by opening centers in different locations. And that's where it must be so fascinating as well to follow that. Yeah. So to be able to see it, not anecdotally, but Actually, through hard, hard uh, earned data. I think uh, separate to this call, Johan, it'd be great uh, if the three of us could jump on and we could show you some of the changes that have happened even since we spoke in Paris. Yeah. So with regards to the trend analysis, and we're just about to launch predictive analysis for the next 12 months to say what changes are going to happen in the market. It'd be great to get you on when we uh, when we launch that and see what you think. Uh, absolutely. Piggybacking on looking ahead, like what do you foresee f- for companies in, in the near future? What challenges does your customer sort of face in regards to this? You mentioned now moving out of big cities and whatnot. Is there anything else that you see? Hey, this is, this is a trend or this is something that we see coming in the data? I think there's going to be some big changes to the workforce. Speaking to Tim Sackett recently, he's a yeah, well-known influencer in the US, and he put it best, so I'll pinch what he says, but he said the labor market evolved from labor-intensive people uh, to creators, and now on the sort of, at the very beginning of the likes of chat GTP, it's going to be people attending into narrators. So I think there's going to be a massive changes within the workforce where they take the opportunity of these new technologies and change the dynamic of the whole workforce. Um, so I think people are starting to think a lot more about that. And gig working, that's becoming more and more a thing where people are able to fit because of the way people design the projects nowadays. They can put, plug people in quite easily to different parts of the project. So. Yeah, I think they're the sort of medium-term sort of problems that I think businesses will have to... Do you think that sort of horse, can they support that transition anyhow? You mentioned gig workers, for example. Would you be able to see, okay, here in, I don't know, Portugal, like Lisbon, that you have a lot of giggers or what? Can you extrapolate that kind of data as well? Yeah, that's what we're working on now because we see this trend coming. That's what people are talking to us about. We're looking at finding different categories of 
the workforce. We think that's going to be massive. So yeah, we're working hard on that. And you also mentioned AI, obviously, like that's the talk of the time, town right now. Like for a couple of years, it wasn't the talk of the town. Now, all again, it's like really the talk of the town. Everyone is talking about it. Everyone's saying, oh, we have an AI solution. Like, how do you address that in, at, at Horsefly? Obviously, working with data in, on a massive scale. How do you foresee the future in regards to AI? I think it's really exciting for us. One of our projects for this year is building a natural language process module in our platform where we've got, we can sit on the shoulders of the likes of ChatGDP and add our own data sources into their models, which allows us to have this sort of unique data set that no one's got at the minute and allow people to basically talk to our system and whether it's in speech or typing. And we're going to be able to integrate all our insights into that, which opens up a whole new world. Yeah. I, I don't know if it's scary or not, but yeah, it's, it's a bit, when you think about the scale, like, then all of a sudden you can sort of input, I need to hire software engineers. I want them yeah. to be this and this in seniority. Exactly. Where is, where should I do it? Exactly. Yeah. And imagine the granularity you can go to with speech and this, it's just so exciting. And just being able to ask those type of questions is just going to be phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. It's the at the pace which sort of invention now is happening in, in this space is insane. Yeah. Big law firm Evershed here in the UK. They replaced. I was talking to someone there from there this morning, and they had a lot of people on a big project, but they had like lots of small jobs coming in, which they didn't have the resource with. And they spoke to Microsoft. They've got their own version of AI, and they automated a whole sort of team's worth of lawyers leveraging this sort of technology, that NLP technology that allows them to sort of do the job for them. So I think it's going to be some massive changes. I think so as well. I think yeah. so as well. And obviously then we spoke about the trends, but, but uh, is there anything else that you think will shape the space you operate in, your tech space broadly? Or is it AI? Yeah, I think AI will be the cornerstone of everything really. But I think... Yeah, I think there's just going to be new ways to look at data. I think there's a lot of transformation of people, of businesses. Like when we first come into the market, our biggest challenge was we had to educate everyone during, as part of the sales process. They didn't know how to use this data. And now you're getting businesses who we talk to, especially in the US, and they're, yeah, we're going to do this, that, and the other with it. So I think the market's really matured. Don't know whether you've got anything to add, Steve. Yeah, we are seeing people that are more capable. So th there was a lot of teaching that was going on in the early stages because we were first to market with this type of product al alongside sort of talent neuron. But now there's similar ways of mapping the market or certain other products you can use. Not as good as Horsefly, obviously, but we believe we've got a unique proposition and it's just a fantastic time to be working in this space. It's really exciting. Yeah. But would you would you deem that the average HR person are they a good buyer of data or not? <laughs> Maybe leading questions. It it depends. We it depends on the role. It depends yeah. on the person. It depends on whether they want to engage. Because one thing we do, we don't just throw the software into our clients. So the big beating heart of our organisation, as the tech team that have built such a cool product, is our customer success function. So. We will have people naturally be able to pick up and use the data, but there's others that might need some help and encouragement. Built into our package is the support and ongoing training of one named individual against each account. So the actual level of service we provide is another one of our unique standpoints. So we believe anyone can use data, yeah. but it's identifying those people that are going to 
engage with the product and will data is data unless you take action off the back of it we need to find those people that are really switched on and want to take the data and make a change yeah. rather than just sit and look at a nice report that sits in a drawer no, absolutely yeah, yeah. I think vendors have a responsibility as well to help these HR people make good decisions. So mm. as part of our sales process and CS process, we create a mutual success plan where we map out exactly how prospective customer or existing customer has, is going to get value and ROI from the data. And we specifically map it out across, depending on who they are, we've got a whole sort of matrix of different values we can deliver and we do that for every client, and that's being solely responsible for our amazing retention rates. And obviously, I really like what you said as well, that you have a responsibility as a vendor as well. And I think that's a joint sort of effort for the whole industry when it comes to HR tech in general, that we educate on, okay, this is the use cases and this is the benefit as well. So we don't fall behind or companies in general fall behind uh, on that this might be a thing as well in the future. Yeah. But last but not least, how do you stay up to date with what's happening in the HR tech world or, or yeah, just in general in the industry? Do yeah. you have any tips on notes or resources or whatnot that people can follow? Yeah, I've tried to stick to reading or listening to a book a week. I've, I've done that for a while. And there's some sort of uh, different stages of your business. So when, when I first started up, the most important book was uh, Eric Ries, the Lean Startup. So that sort of drove fail fast and stuff like that. Where we are today in the growth stage, we've just had a successful M&A. We've been uh, investing in by LDC, we're a really good PE house, the four disciplines of execution by Sean. The way I've understood people in my business and organized my own thoughts is thinking fast and slow by Daniel Kahneman. Improving productivity is, everyone should listen to this book atomic habits by james clear oh. it's just amazing to yeah that, that's been a massive thing for me and two po- a podcast diary of ceo by steve bartlett and finally two books hr hr books david green excellence in people analytics and talent intelligence by toby culture those are really nice both of them yeah yeah really good um, mine's more sales focused So typical, I do uh, listen to a lot of content from Chris Orlob. I think he's a a genius when it comes to selling. I also brought a visual aid, but no one's going to be able to see it. The medic book that helps with a complex sale, and that's more about tailoring a, a proposition to challenges and problems. So that, while it's a tricky thing to do as a salesperson, it it does reap benefits long-term because that, as Will quite rightly alludes to, our mutual success plans don't start on day one of access. They start on the first discovery call with sales. So it's my job to actually map out how we're going to help a client, how they're going to make the money back and hopefully make a big profit like Orsted did. Nice. And finally, but last but not least, like if people want to know more about Horsefly, where did they go to? My name's Steve. I'm on LinkedIn. It's <laughs> Steve Bevington, double B. No, you just whiz over to the Horsefly website. It's horseflyanalytics.com. And there's all the information on there, client case studies, everything you need in order to be able to learn about the product. We're also running in-person workshops and informal meetups over the over the summer and autumn. 
next one's coming up in Manchester next week. We'll make sure also to include links to, to the website and also to your respective LinkedIn profiles in the show notes as well. So people can easily then click the links if they don't want to sort of type in the full stuff in their web browsers, which you rarely do now, I realize. Like it's no. rare that you turn the full <laughs> web page. Either you do it fast and dirty and you do it through Google and, or you have a link to click. It's rare that you submit the full exactly. web page. But thank you so much for being oh. on Full Stack HR. Thank you. Great to talk to someone like like yourself who really is at the forefront of our industry. So thank you. It's been great talking to you again, Johans, and I'll look forward to May when you're in Liverpool. You won't be able to escape us. We'll have to take you out for a few bits. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you so much. See you Speak now. to you soon.